Hello, I'm Con. And I'm Stav. And, and we're we Eddie, Eddie Nucky. You're listening to Radio Karam. Listening to how to make a living being creative on Radio Karam. Over the past few years, I've always relied on casual jobs to keep me afloat. I have even written a book about it. But now I've cut ties with my main job, which was in a call center, and decided to take a chance for myself. It was scary and I shed a few tears, but I realized that if I did not do this now, I might never leave and discover my true potential. During the next few weeks, I will share my journey seeking a more creative path. I'm not sure if I'll be successful, but I sure will have a lot of fun along the way. I'll be exploring a few passion areas like art, drawing, voice acting, and of course, writing. For my fifth episode, I'll be talking a little about a fascinating career, the role of being a forensic artist who are creative professionals who help law enforcement officials by creating drawings or 3D models of potential suspects, missing persons and crime victims. What I find intriguing is that forensic artists manage to sketch an image of a person from a description of their features to help in huge investigations, such as Lois Gibson, who is recorded in the Guinness Book of Records as the world's most successful forensic artist. Her sketches have helped solve more than 1,000 crimes during her 30-year career. Lois specialises in the art of pulling images out of someone's subconscious memory, an image of a person she has never seen before, so that her sketches can be used as evidence to help arrest and solve brutal crimes. Lois has the talent of being able to pinpoint specific features from the minds of the people she speaks with. It can be tough working with victims of these horrific crimes and she makes sure the space she works from is comfortable and puts the person at ease. She has a type of personality that is empathetic and caring, customising interviews for each witness. Lois says if the person needs to scream and cry, do you remember? That's what they'll do. While most people are too traumatised to remember to remember much about the criminal's looks, Lois has the knack to help the terrified victim remember the small details and the last thing they would ever want to remember. Such as the type of hair the suspect has can help trigger the start of a portrait. It's amazing that her tools of the trade are quite simple. To do this important job, Lois needs her specialised glove, a red velvet bag full of hundreds of pastels, charcoals, felt grey paper and an easel. She also has a specialised book of facial features where the victim picks characteristics of the person who did the crime. 
For Lois, it all boils down to her personality and her specific way of transferring descriptions to a portrait that can be used to help find the criminal. Another way forensic artists use their work is to show what missing persons can look like over time. On the Australian Federal Police website, they have a video that documents how a digital artist created a series of unique age-processed progressed images that uh, captured how seven Australians who have been missing for up to 40 years could look today. Forensic artist uh, Sean Carling says the process relies heavily on input from the family of the missing persons. He says they closely replicate the person's appearance when they went missing with a similar hairstyle. If the person's hairstyle has severely dated, then they may update the style to a more recent look. Sean says he relies on families to gather as much information as possible. If available, families are asked if photos can be provided showing the missing person's parents at around the same age the person would be now. They are also asked if they have any images of any siblings from both past and current to demonstrate how the missing person's siblings have aged. Sean then tries to replicate what the missing person would look like in the present. Sean says the AFP forensic artists generally have a background in fine arts, graphic art or digital imaging and receive extra training on anatomy, especially the head and neck, to better understand the ageing process. Another interesting forensic artist discipline is post-mortem rendering and a reconstruction. This involves forensic artists creating images based on the remains of crime victims that police have discovered. Forensic artists may use traditional methods or modern computer imaging to reconstruct faces or body parts. They will also have to use their knowledge of anatomy to reconstruct a face from a skull, estimating the way the person's brow, jawline and other bone structures might have looked. In some cases, the forensic artist may collaborate with a forensic scientist who sometimes uses biological samples from the remains to determine the person's age, hair colour and other distinguishing characteristics. Usually it takes a forensic artist between three and five years to complete their undergraduate education and training courses. Often, Forensic artists might have a degree majoring in an art field like studio or graphic design or criminal justice. Some students decide to major in one subject, such as criminal justice, and minor in another subject like art, allowing the diversity of building skills in both areas. A degree in forensic art or forensic science with a focus on facial reconstruction may also be beneficial. You must be a talented artist and it's important to build and keep practicing your drawing and sketching regularly. Also pay close attention to facial features, proportions and the ability to capture likeness accurately. Like any industry-based job, you can build a portfolio showcasing your best work and include examples of facial reconstructions and any related artwork. 
while you are studying, go out and seek opportunities to gain practical experience, such as volunteering or interning with law enforcement agencies or forensic departments. It's important to note that the field of forensic sketch artistry is small and job opportunities may be limited. Persistence, dedication and a strong portfolio are crucial for success in the field. Additionally, consider seeking guidance from professionals already working in forensic artistry for special personalised advice. It's been so interesting exploring the world of forensic artists. The first time I saw this type of job role was on the TV show Criminal Minds and I've been fascinated ever since about how important this role plays in capturing criminals. On a a random topic, I've just finished working at the Melbourne Cup Carnival and I've noticed the fashion of men not wearing socks. What is up with that? I really do feel sorry for those wearing those fancy leather shoes. Just like the ladies in the morning, the men look all bright-eyed and excited to take on the day with their ankles glowing in between their beautifully tailored pants and shoes. I often thought of these men's feet becoming so sweaty and gross throughout the day and I often shuddered. Their leather shoes become the prime environment for blisters. <laughs> A random fact. Did you know the earliest pioneer of the no sock movement was menswear designer Tom Brown? He was GQ's designer of the year in 2008. Hmm. Regardless of this, I really hope these men are wearing sockets or no-show socks. For those who are not familiar with sockets, they are low-cut socks designed to be worn with shoes that expose the top of the foot, such as loafers, boat shoes or sneakers. Sockets provide the benefit of wearing socks, such as moisture absorption, reduce friction and improve comfort while remaining discreet and hidden within the shoe. Hmm, Very technical uh, version of sockets (laughs) as brought to you by AI. (laughs) Uh, There are four days of the Melbourne Cup Carnival and I must say each day I was disappointed in men's fashion. The men put in such an effort with their tailored suits and ruined everything with the no-sock look. I really was not amused. However, the ladies always put in an effort, even though some of the outfits really did little, leave little to the imagination. I lost count of all the bits and bobs that uh, popped up. I love the bright designs that portray elegance and class. These outfits will always make me smile. Even though some of the high heels looked really painful, um, with some ladies struggling to get past the gate to enter the race course. There are some smart ladies who uh, carry slip-on ballet flats in their bags for when their feet hurt too much. These ladies are smart and always get the uh, nod of approval from me. (laughs) At the end of the day, when all the races are over, that is when you could see the day's toll on the people. 
After drinking a few too many champagnes, these ladies and gentlemen are now holding their high heels, dragging their feet along the ground. The soles of their feet were stark black from walking across the Flemington racecourse, mascara running down their faces and a totally blank look on their face. There was like so many ladies doing the ow, 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 I'm so hot, the concrete is too hot dance, um, especially on the Melbourne Cup day where it was very incredibly hot. Um, I hope these girls or ladies went home and chilled out in their pyjamas and watched Netflix. That's uh, what would have been my preference on that day, considering it was such a huge um, day at the races. Now, the men could have been very comfortable all day, but they chose not to wear socks. I've uh, lost count of how many times I've seen men groan and sit down on the concrete while taking off their shoes and complain about the pain from the blisters on their feet. These men often ask first aid if they have band-aids to help with the pain. This situation could have been avoided by wearing fun socks such as those by the Business of Smiles, a not-for-profit organisation based in Frankston. These socks are designed to positively bridge the gaps that exist on many fronts in the community, symbolic in their brightness and smiling face. The socks also have black polka dots to represent the hard times we all endure. The Business of Smiles co-founder Scott Carson says these socks are a tool to connect with people's hearts and to thank people for doing their best in life. To check out these smiling socks, visit www.ihopeyouaresmiling.com. <laughs> now you can't unsee the whole men not wearing socks thing. <laughs> Thanks for listening to How to Make a Living Being Creative. Join me on my journey at www.bevwilkinson.com.au. Cheers. Till next time. Bye. I'm Fiona Lee Maynard and you're listening to Radio Carum, which is what I do whenever I'm anywhere near Seaford Carum High School and Eel Race Road. Oi, 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 oi. IGA is shopping nights. IGA where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker.